Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fitted Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And as you fine folks know, Got Fitted Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. And faders, this is episode number 553. And I must say, unfortunately, Tom is not here with us today. Tom is on diaper duty. He is taking care of his very handsome son, Dano. But don't worry, don't worry. Tom, I can, I can assure you, Tom is drinking with us at this very moment in his home with his baby. So when you're, fr- when you're fading with us, when you're drinking with us right now, you're actually also drinking with my co-host, Tom. But don't worry, faders. I am not alone. I'm here with a very, very special guest, somebody that I've been, I've been wanting to get this guy on the show for a very long time. We're here, and as Joe Rogan would say, the mighty, powerful, intelligent, witty, creative Joel Smith. Welcome to the show, Joel. What's up? Thanks for having me. It's nice to, it's nice to be here. Fantastic, dude. Thank you so much. And um, Joel, I understand you are the movie man in Japan. When it comes to movies, when it comes to music videos, when it comes to all that stuff, if there's a camera, your name is somehow in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. I try to be. I try to be present. I try to stay uh, relative. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you're very relevant. And um, first off, before we move any further, um, I got to give you another kampai. Um, I'm drinking an Asahi Super Dry. You're drinking, what are you drinking? Sapporo. I have Sapporo beer here. Oh my gosh, Sapporo. Oh my gosh. So uh, you're the good side of the force. I'm the dark side of the force. Kampai. <laughs> there we go. Cheers. Jedi. Cheers to the Jedi. <laughs> to the Jedi. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we like to drink on this podcast, sometimes a little bit too much like today, but that is all good. That makes the show fun. So, faders, if you're listening to the show, feel free to put it on pause and crack open a beer. Drink one, drink two, catch up to us, and then push play and enjoy. <laughs> Fade on. Um, Joel, you are the movie man in Japan. And, um, dude, you just finished a movie. And I've seen, yeah. I've seen the trailer, and it looks incredible. Cool, thank you, thank you. And um, so the name of your movie is Cursed Forever and it's gonna be re- released, what? This uh, month, this month? This October, October. This October? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And this movie is a, it's a horror film and can you give us a, an elevator pitch of the movie? Uh, sure, um, it's a short film, maybe 30 minutes or so. And it's about a cursed doll, like an evil doll in the same vein as Annabelle or Chucky. And uh, it's about this kind of selfish, spoiled girl who gets a curse put on her, and it, the the curse makes her um, change. It makes her, it makes her see the error of her way. It kind of changes her, and uh, makes her a better person through these horror horrifying uh, traumatic experiences. 
That is awesome. That is awesome. I saw the uh, extended trailer and I love this movie. I can't wait to see this in a cinema, man. This, this looks fantastic. Um, it is, it, when I saw it, I thought it was an actual like two hour movie. I was just like, wow, this is incredible. The acting um, and the sets, the, the costumes, everything. It just seems so fantastic. And when you told me it was like a 30 minute movie, I was like, what, what? No, <laughs> 30 minutes. I want more, you know? It's like giving somebody no. like a piece of cake and saying, okay, you can only get one bite. You're like, oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So I want to talk more about this movie. But before we talk about this movie, I kind of want to talk about how you got into movies. So let's okay. rewind the tape a little bit and go back to the beginning. So how did you get involved in movies in the first place? Um, well, since I was a kid, I always liked videos and making videos and things like that. Um, I would edit little videos on my computer. I would make like anime music videos. They're called AMVs for short. And they're oh, basically sweet. fight sequences and some action sequences from like anime shows set to music, like usually Linkin Park or some kind of rock band like that, you know, some kind of high energy song or something. Nice. So I did that when I was like 15, 16, you know, just to get started with, with, um, with editing and stuff like that. It was just fun. It was just fun to do and show my friends. And uh, my high school actually had a TV and a TV production studio. They had a, a control room. They had big cameras on like the big tripod, like a TV studio, you know, and um, some of the teachers there knew I had an interest in video and stuff and they kind of helped me pursue my, my goal. You know, they, they kind of helped me with, with that sort of thing, editing, shooting videos. So that's kind of how I got started, you know. Man, that's really cool. And so um, from what I understand, you're from New York, New Jersey? Oh, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from Patterson, New Jersey. Awesome. And so you started off there and then I, I'm pretty sure you moved to Los Angeles for college or you finished college in Jersey, then you moved there? Yes, I went to college in New York. I went to the Art Institute of uh, New York City for two years. I got my associate's degree there. It was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was great. I really liked it. I, I loved it, you know. And then I was out of school for about six months or so, and I decided to go to school in California to get my bachelor's. I went to the same school, the Art Institute of Los Angeles, California. I went there for about two and a half years to get my bachelor's degree, and it was also a great experience. I really liked it. It was tough. There were definitely some hard, hard days, but um, going to school there was, was great. I, I loved it. What's the difference between film school in New York compared to Los Angeles? Um, let's see. Well, the schools have different ways of doing things. The curriculum's a little bit different. Um, but in New York, we, you know, we're taught to like do things in a kind of guerrilla style, DIY, do it yourself with a small crew, you know, like, like assassins, you know, a small crew, just get three people that are super focused and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll listen and, you know, take care of it. In LA, they sort of do things the more professional Hollywood sort of way you know, like standard way of doing things, you know, which is fine. It's good to learn because they're, they're just very efficient, you know, and they, they look very good. Like a lot of films look, look very good. They're very organized movies. Um, so that's the main difference, but it's pretty similar. A lot of the same basic principles apply. That's awesome. How many movies did you work on altogether? Um, well, me personally, I've only directed maybe four movies personally, you know, being in film school, you're, you know, of course, forced, you know, or told to make short films. So, you know, it's, that's what I did there. Um, but worked on, I've never been on a big set, like like a Men in Black or Avengers type movie sets. I've never been on a set I mean, like that. Um, I, I did go onto the set of School of Rock, 
the, the TV show, it was in a, at Paramount Studios, they let me into the soundstage, and I got to walk around, and it's kind of amazing, it's huge, you know, like, one area, maybe 10 feet, like, one area is, like, it looks exactly like a high school locker room, one section of, like, this huge warehouse, it looks like a high school locker room, you know, because it was a TV show, and then, like, right next to it, like, one foot away, another section of it is, like, a girl's bathroom or something, it's kind of crazy how the set was built, you know, but anyway, uh, I've never worked on big Hollywood movies like that, but um, I've worked on dozens, countless music videos, commercials, uh, short films, some independent films, stuff like that. To become a director, you kind of have to know everything about the whole movie industry. I mean, you got to know about uh, writing. You got to know about like everybody's job because I mean, you're pretty much like the puppet master. So my question is, if you weren't, if you weren't the director, what other job would you like to do? Uh, that's a good question. I'm a director, but I'm specifically um, mainly a colorist. A colorist? What is a yeah. colorist? A colorist, that's someone that enhances the, the, the emotion, the mood, someone that adds like style or a tone to, to a film or to a video. It's someone that um, I consistently... Actually, I wrote it down. I have like a perfect explanation. It's, it's a specialized type of editor that fixes the exposure and color differences between shots in a movie and video. What? So that's not part of the editor's job? That's kind of like... Um... It, it, yeah, it's a specialized editor. So, you know, it's not just making cuts. It's manipulating the color within a video, within an image to make it more, to make it more happy, more sad, or to make it more consistent. It's like um, it's like a visual effects d designer. That, you know, that's someone that makes the the explosions or the the lightning bolt or whatever. It's, it's similar oh, yeah. to that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I love movies. I love films. I've got a lot of friends that are involved in that kind of business and that industry here in Japan. But I know very little about it. A lot of people have told me like I should be an actor, but I'm just like uh uh uh. I'm a podcaster and that's it for me. <laughs> that's all Johnny does. <laughs> Drop the mic, boom. Huh? You strike me as a comedian. I feel like you could be a comedian or maybe a comedic actor or something. I think you could, I think you could do that. Yeah, I know a lot of people said I look like Danny DeVito, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Dude, no. Danny no, you DeVito. Don't. <laughs> or maybe Danny Joe DeVito? Pesci. I'm like, oh God, Joe Pesci, Danny DeVito. Can I be Joe Pesci in Goodfellas? They're like, no, 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 no. Home Alone Joe Pesci. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, welcome to Japan. <laughs> I don't think you look like um, Danny DeVito or Joe Pesci. Come on, you, you look like you. Dude, because every time we've hung out, well, the first time I met you was at a nightclub. The second time we hung out was at a bar where you and I got completely drunk. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> that was a good time, by the way. And then here Absolutely. we are, we're doing podcasting. So, yeah, man, if there's no alcohol, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you're kind of like a Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Superman with those glasses on. Hey, these are my reading glasses. You oh, man. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, all right, moving forward. So, all right, you're working in the industry, and I've got so many questions about the industry. Um, Let's see. Oh, well, actually, let's go through some of these questions. What is the process of making a movie, like an independent movie? An independent movie? Well, the first thing is the, the blueprint. It's the story, the story, the, the script, the plot. That's the first thing. All of the, the, the acting, the actors, the editing, the effects, the costumes, it all comes from the script. So that, that's like the first step. You know, once you have that together, it's about 
finding the actors, you know, who, who's going to play this part, you know, or whatever, finding the location, every, every project in video is different. But once the sort of the, the outline or the treatment or the script, the story is, is done, that, that needs to come first. Once that's in a very good place, um, then you can find resources, lo locations, actors, crew, you know, you, you just ask people and you go one by one, making sure you, you hit all your bases. Okay, that definitely makes sense. Now, when you were working in LA, I mean, with it being oversaturated with the film industry, what are the pros and cons of actually making a movie or a short film or even a music video in Los Angeles? The pros and cons, pros, um, the pros are th there's lots of opportunity. There's lots of resources in LA. You have studios, lots of studios, lots of places to rent props. That's something I had a little trouble finding in Tokyo. Um, like if I need a gun or if I need, you know, a, a bunch of books, you know, or if I need fake money or a special necklace or something, a special coffee table, I can go to a place in LA and rent it. I can, they have a huge warehouse, you know, they have plenty of them and you can go in and you can rent a couch, you can rent a refrigerator, you can rent a stone, a giant stone horse, you know, for something, I don't know for what, but if you needed it, they, they, they have it. So that's definitely a pro in LA. They have lots of resources, lots of people willing to help. Um, the cons is just, uh, it's like you said, oversaturated. There's lots of competition. Um, things are competitive there. You have to be like perfect, you know, on point, you know, every time. Um, it, it can be, uh, it can be very discouraging sometimes. People have a high, high standard, or, you know, high, high expectations. Like even the actors, do you get a lot of arrogant actors? Like people that come in, they're like, I've been in five Crest commercials, okay? Do you, know, have you, seen, you know who I am? I am the Crest guy, okay? Look at these chompers right here, okay? You don't tell me what to do, I tell you what to do. You gotta deal, did you deal with people like that? Absolutely, absolutely. They're divas, we, we call those divas, yes. And the diva could be an actor, it's kind of expected, typical, you know, for actors to, to, to expect that. You know, but it, it can also be a camera person, a director, an audio person. There's lots of divas, uh, totally, totally. Wait, I thought a diva was a girl. Is a diva a, a diva a guy too? It can be a guy too. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You're you're a diva. You're a diva. You're a bitch. Shut up. Stop complaining. <laughs> you know? You're a yeah. diva, but I'm the director. My D is bigger than your D, okay? <laughs> and the the. the the pissing contests get pretty intense. They they can get pretty, things can get pretty uh, ratcheted up. You know? Oh no, I can imagine. Oh, that's gonna be a pain <laughs> in the neck, especially if you're on a budget and you've got like a deadline to get everything back to the studio or whatever. <laughs> oh my god. Oh 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 oh. Do we lose you? Oh no. Oh, there we go. You're back. You're back. You're back. <laughs> Our internet is fragile today, faders. All right, are you cool? Can you hear me? Hear me? I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I lost you for a second. You froze up. Uh, it's probably my machine. My machine is old. I've been having a lot of problems with my computer. <clears throat> no, it's the Wi-Fi here for sure. For it's sure. the Wi-Fi. Oh, well. Well, you're back, and that's all what matters. So speaking of being back, what brought you to Japan? So Los Angeles seems like the place to be. Why, why come to Tokyo? Well, I wanted a new experience. Experience. I wanted to experience something new. I wanted to. I wanted to know what it's like to live in a foreign country. I wanted to learn more about how they make movies in in, in a foreign country. You know, like 
in a foreign country, what tools do they use? How do they make movies? What movies do people, what movies do people watch? What do they show in movie theaters? You know, what, what's the process, you know? Um, that, that's why I came to Japan, that's the main reason. And I was always curious about Japan. You know, I, I like anime and Japanese movies and manga and Japanese culture, Japanese pop culture I like. So I wanted to visit and see what it was like. Cool, cool. Well, good choice, man. Good choice. Tokyo is definitely the place to be, man. Um, speaking of Japanese movies and directors, who are your favorite? Uh, my favorite Japanese director? Actually, actually, now that I have the internet in front of me, my favorite Japanese director is this guy, no, Nopu Ziko. Uh, on, uh, that was 1970. Yeah. He's a, kind of an experimental uh, filmmaker. Um, his name is Nobuhiko Oboyashi. Oboyashi Nobuhiko. Wow, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, and he um, right? He, he makes like experimental, you know, surreal kind of movies. They're, they're very interesting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you ever seen any of Takashi Miike's movies? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I know him. Um, of course. Of course. Good question. I'm sorry. No, no, not at all. Not at all. There's so many directors and it's hard to remember their names sometimes, but his name is one that stands out. Definitely. He had that movie, I think audition, you know, yep. it's a famous horror, horror movie. That's a well-known horror movie in the, in the horror community. Um, Itchy the Killer, um, oh. Blade of the Immortal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Itchy the Killer yes. is brutal. Oh, man. Itchy the Killer is one of my favorite movies, dude. Wow. That force of love, man. Two of my ultimate movies man of all of all the japanese movies i've seen and i've seen quite a few force of love and Takashi and takashi the killer ichi the killer wow. <laughs> a, a little bit too much beer today it's a little early in the day but hey it's okay mm. uh ichi the killer is definitely an intense movie and it's it's unique it's different it's different from sort of a normal japanese movie um oh, i think his later films are, are great um, third, I, my my favorite of his is Thirteen Assassins. Have you seen that 13 one? Thirteen Assassins. Oh my God, that is insane, dude. Where like the lady, she has both her like legs and her arms cut off, and she's like, "Please revenge my life." <laughs> oh my it's God, such brutal! It's such a brutal movie. It's insane. It's so oh. brutal. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. It's a, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Thirteen Assassins, dude. That's that's great. <laughs> it's definitely right up there. There's so many good movies in Japan, but Japan's kind of like when it comes to Japanese movies. There's a lot of crap. There's like mm -hmm. a lot of like just movies that have kind of like the same formula. Two people get together. They don't like each other, but they have to work together in a company. And after like some kind of um. I don't know, negotiation or a business trip or something like that. They become like best friends in the end of the movie and stuff. That, that kind of like enemies become friends kind of thing. It, it's just done again and again and again and again in Japanese movies. But then to find completely amazing movies in Japan, it's like finding, it's like, finding like a gem in, in a coal mine, dude. You're all of a sudden you find this and you're like, oh my God, this is great. This is amazing. This is beautiful. And finding these movies in Japan, like finding these movies like Ichi the Killer, Force of Love, as you said, the audition, 13 Assassins. Finding these movies, you're just like, yes, now this is Japanese uh, cinema. This is the yeah. way it should be. But there's so many movies that follow the same kind of format, but then the ones, the directors that kind of go off the beaten path, and when I say beaten path, that path is beaten to hell. Once, they, <laughs> once you find these movies, you're just like, oh my God, this is great. And 
talking to people like you that love Japanese movies and know a lot about Japanese movies and stuff, it's it's the best resource to have because once you talk to somebody that knows their their shit and you learn about some really great Japanese movies, it's just like you're you're almost tempted to like never watch like an American Hollywood movie ever again. You know, you're just like done past that, leveled up. I got my black belt. All right, let's fight. Come on, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Thirteen Assassins. I'm glad you know that one. That one's an incredible movie. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's brutal. It's good. If you like samurai movies, that is like one of the samurai movies. Yeah, yeah a oh. lot of action. Oh yeah, one of the most modern ones. What was the original samurai movie? Was that Seven? Was Seven Samurai? Yeah, Seven Samurai. That's a popular one. That's the big one by Akira Kurosawa. Yep, that's it. Okay, of course you know it. Yeah, it's of very. You know. Who am I talking to? <laughs> that's, that's a very famous movie yeah that is um okay i got a question now you just finished your first film in japan and what are some of the differences about making a movie in japan compared to los angeles or tokyo to los angeles um just the language you know everything's in japanese like i'm not a japanese person so a lot of the small cultural things a lot, a lot of small cultural things i don't know i, I don't pick up on um, like for example, like in America, it's, it's normal for someone to be like abrasive, you know, or like just a person, it's normal for someone to be aggressive and abrasive and to kind of swear and curse a lot, you know, kind of in this kind of way. And in Japan, people don't really talk to each other like that. To find someone like that is kind of difficult, at least in Tokyo, people are very polite to each other and they talk in a way that's not so abrasive or like threatening. I don't know how to say to, to one another. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like the way, like, like Samuel Jackson, right? He swears a lot. He's kind of intimidating. He has a lot of energy, you know, someone like that, you know, mm -hmm. that talks a lot of shit and that swears a lot, you know, oh, yeah. um, it's hard to find those types of people in, in, in Tokyo. So like, if I, if I write a story, like if I write a story and I have a character who curses a lot, that swears a lot, that talks a lot of shit, it's kind of, maybe a Japanese actor doesn't feel, maybe they can't understand why, or people don't act like that. So it's hard for them to kind of kind of uh to, to to act like that but isn't that their job <laughs> well, sure if they're an actor they should know they, they should know how but uh yeah it can be tough for them now making a movie in a different country like writing a script making the movie getting everything together getting actors it, it, it must have been incredibly intimidating and difficult especially when you don't speak japanese 100 percent so what was like some of the biggest challenges? Was it finding locations or getting permits or renting equipment or actually getting actors? Um, or all uh, of the well, above? Uh, <laughs> no, the biggest hurdle was probably the money. I, I mean, my film is a independent, you know, small, small film, uh, mm -hmm. small budget, micro budget film. And I pay for everything myself. So the hardest thing for me was just a budget, just, um, being able to afford everything, being able to try to pay the actors, pay for a location if I need it, paying for lunch, paying for the camera, uh, the transportation for the for the crew. So like the financial part of it was probably the hardest part about it for me, for this particular project, this uh, evil doll, evil doll movie. Um, you know, the rest of it, the, the process was the same as it is in the US. And I've made lots of videos and films before and you know, there, there, there's a way to make it so that so that it comes out right. You know, start with the story, then locations. Don't don't bullshit people. Just these these small things like um, 
you know, the, the process was pretty much the same. Having, having to get things translated into Japanese, that was tough. Um, let's see, uh, finding actors, that was, and explaining to them the scene and how they should act. Uh, the, the actors were very cooperative. You know, I speak only a little bit of Japanese and maybe they only spoke a little bit of English, but there might've always been someone, someone there to translate. You know, or if you talk through email, it's a little bit easier to translate things all through through messages like that. So that, that wasn't so difficult. That wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be, you know, I think only because of technology and like the times we live. You know. mm -hmm. And your movie's all in Japanese. All the actors speak Japanese in the movie. Yep. God, that's incredible. Man, that is ballsy, dude. That's incredible, dude. You come to a different country and you're like, I'm going to make a movie in their language, in their style for them. That's what I'm going to do. And you did yeah. it. Pulled it off. And, I, yeah. and dude, it looks, it looks amazing. It looks absolutely Thank spectacular. You. Thank you. That, that was a goal. That, that was a goal of mine when I came to Japan. You know, I wanted to visit Japan to see what the culture is like, you know, to, to visit a foreign country. You know, but also I had goals. I had goals. Shoot a music video. Shoot a commercial. Shoot a, shoot a short film, you know, even if it's my own independent thing, you know, it's, it's okay. It's a challenge. You know, I mean, it, it was a challenge. I wanted to see if I could do it. It was a goal. And, you know, I, I did kind of have it in mind before I came here. Dude, if you go back to the United States or anywhere else in the world, dude, that is a very big stripe in your black belt, dude. If you're like, yeah, I went to Japan and I made a movie in Japanese for Japanese people to enjoy. And I don't speak Japanese, but I did it. And it was like really successful. Dude, if you talk to anybody in any country, they're gonna be like, you went to Japan. Isn't that difficult to do? And you're like, oh yeah, but I did it. Dude, man, people are just gonna throw money at you. They'll be like, here, take all this no money and do that here. <laughs> That's, That's funny. No, no big deal. Easy peasy. It's yeah. another Sunday. <laughs> Mm. I did it in a weekend. Oh, man. No, he I was didn't. bored. I was bored. Oh, man. Um, it was fun. It's fun. I mean, there, hopefully, hopefully it brings me some success, you know, some career opportunities. Hopefully it brings me, but it's fun. Honestly, this movie has been, honestly, it's the best project I've ever worked on. It's the best movie I've ever made. It's been, it's been extremely fun. It's the most fun I've ever had shooting a movie. And I really didn't expect it because shooting movies is not easy. It's kind of hard. There's a lot to, this is a lot to keep track of. My movie is only 30 minutes. You know, the script was only 30 pages and um, it was still a ton of work. So for me to like kind of double or triple it to 90 minutes or something, that would be a lot. I would need, uh, <laughs> I would need way more help than I have, than I have now. Oh man, that's, that's wild. Um, did you need to get film permits? or like uh, shooting permits in your locations, or did you kind of Ed Wood it? We, we just totally Ed Wooded it, yeah. We just, we call that guerrilla style. I, I call it guerrilla style filmmaking. Yeah, why till you die? <laughs> That's yeah, great. we just, I, I scout those. So we shot like under a bridge, you know, at the end of the film, the character is homeless, you know, and like we, we needed a location for her to be homeless. So you just scout the location and you just look around you know, oh, okay, is this place safe? Does it look good, you know, on, on camera? Mm -hmm. um, is it accessible? Will people bother us if we're here? You know, like doing things like that, you know, is, that's all you have to do. You know, if the police come and tell you to move, then you need to have a plan B. That can be tricky. But, yeah, um, bridges. you know, um, yeah, that, that's all it takes. No, I, I didn't have permits. Permits are expensive and there's lots of paperwork. So I, I couldn't go that route. 
you know, not, not with the time and the, the resources I had. So we just had to find, find all the locations our, ourselves. Man, that's awesome. So I, I, basically you going to film school in, in New Jersey and in Los Angeles completely sorted you out because in New Jersey, you learned DIY, you learned like guerrilla shooting, and then you go to Hollywood and you made movies there and you went to school there and you learned like the proper way. You've got like the full education when it comes to movies. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. So you come to Tokyo and you're like, all right, I got this shit. Okay, I got to <laughs> actors. We're going to shoot here, here, and here. Any questions? Thank you. Let's do this. Go. <laughs> you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty sharp. You're pretty sharp, man. You're, you're right. And, you know, without, without saying too much, in so many words, yes, that's pretty much how it went. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's true. You know, in L.A., you know, I did kind of, you know, figure out how to do things sort of the, uh, the professional way, you know, like the standard way, you know. Mm -hmm. and it, it really helps, you know, um, like what to expect. That's, not, that's incredible. Um, all right. I, I want to talk a little bit more about your film. <clears throat> okay. The name of the film is Cursed Forever, which is a fantastic title. You've got a very, very stunning movie poster, which I, I just adore. I, I, who, who made that for you? <laughs> you? You made it. You made oh, my poster. That's right. It was the spilt ink. Oh, my God. The spilt ink. Yes. And, and that's actually how we know each other. <laughs> John Mayer. Yes. John Mayer of the spilt ink designed my poster. Um, it's, it's incredible. It looks great. I couldn't be happier with it. Um, yes. And today on your show, I would like to, uh, drop the poster. I would like to release it officially today. No, no. one's ever seen it before. Oh. So sort of a world exclusive poster coming in hot. Um, yeah, check it out. It's, uh, it's amazing. I, I stare at it for hours. I, ho I hope you do too. Oh man. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you asked me to do that. That's incredible. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you, you asked for it and you're like, listen, can you make a poster? Can you do it in about a month? I'm like a poster for a movie, dude, I'm doing that right now. I called my secretary. I'm like, cancel everything. By the way, my, my secretary is my wife. <laughs> I got a dentist appointment, a haircut appointment, a doctor appointment. It's all canceled. I'm unemployed. <laughs> and she, she says, honey, you have no schedule. <laughs> Nothing's happening. <laughs> Your schedule is to drink with your co-host Tom <laughs> to make a podcast. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. going on, sweetie. It's okay, sweetie. That's funny. But yeah, man, no, it looks great. I thank you so much. I couldn't be happier with it. Um, you, you did a fantastic job. You you have skills, man. You have skills. Oh, geez, you know, I just do what I do. Um, now I want to talk more about the movie in detail. So the name is Cursed Forever, which is a fantastic title. Now, are you calling it Cursed Forever or are you calling it like the Japanese title since the, t since the movie is in Japanese? It's both. It's both. It's both? So, it's both. So the name of the movie is Enkon, Cursed Forever. Enkon. So if you were to translate it into English, it would be Cursed Forever, Cursed Forever. But um, I think it was important to have the English attached to the title. Of course. Yeah, a lot of Japanese films actually do that too. Mm -hmm. So what inspired this movie? Now, uh, wait, wait, before I say that, ask that, this movie is a horror film. Yes, a horror movie, yep. Is that your genre? Is that what you specialize in? Or do you do a little bit of everything? Um, no, I don't specialize in horror. I like horror. They're fun movies to make, usually. You, can have, you have a lot of flexibility as far as plot and story and things like that, you know, effects. Um, so that's good. But um, I don't specialize in horror. I, I like all kinds of, I like music. I, I like movies about music. Um, That's cool. But horror movies are fun. They're fun to work on. 
I think horror movies would be easier than a lot of movies though, compared to comedy. I think comedy, like a lot of directors in Japan are switching over to comedy. Like comedy is big right now. And I think comedy is like the hardest thing to pull off. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right, it is. <laughs> it is. Because it has to be genuine. You can't really manufacture laughter or funny. You know, you can't, you can't really exactly plot it down so methodically. It just has to come from the heart. So yeah, humor is, you know, if it's not funny, it's pe people know right away if it's funny or not. You know, if, if they don't laugh, then there's, then no one's going to like it. Mm -hmm. then, then, then you're not going to get money. That's true. That's definitely true. What inspired Curse Forever? Um, no, just, um, I wanted to shoot a movie. Um, I, I, I don't know. Just, um, I, I, I like the idea of like characters, people that are like shitty, you know, and they, they get what they deserve. You know, like someone's a, sh a bad person, they do something wrong and they get what they deserve. I think it's satisfying to see in real life. I think everyone likes that, you know, like a bully or someone bad or something, you know, um, so I like that. So I kind of wrote it around that idea of a character that you don't like that kind of gets beat up throughout you know, the course of a year or whatever, the course of the movie, and they kind of get what they deserve, and it's kind of satisfying to see. So that, that inspired it a lot. Um, I, I like Chucky. Chucky was a huge inspiration, the horror movie Chucky. Um, so I wanted to make a movie like that. I feel like I could, people, people don't like scary dolls. It kind of freaks people out. So I wanted to try that as well. You know. How did you get your actors? Is there like, um, is there like a forum online or did you go through a company? Um, on Facebook, there's a private Facebook group and it's comprised of actors and Tokyo, you know, Japanese filmmakers, so foreign filmmakers as well. But it's a private group. You have to be invited into it, but anyone can join. And um, I, I use that to find actors. I just put out a casting call on that, on that message board, you know, on that Facebook group. And I'm looking for an actor, looking for actors for these roles. Um, if you're interested, please apply. Um, I have a couple friends that are actors in Japan and they knew some people, they, they recommended a couple people. And through that process, I found the, the actors I have now. How long did it take just to complete this movie from like, once you put your pen on the paper till when you basically hit command S just to save the final draft? <laughs> um, well, the writing always takes some time. Uh, I don't know, maybe I started writing it oh, maybe a while ago, maybe last, last March maybe, or last February, around that time, or last January, you know, maybe, uh, maybe about a year ago, and then, but we started, like, photography, we started shooting it in January, and we finished filming in March, um, and that's just about the time, like, coronavirus was becoming more of a problem in Japan, um, so we finished, like, at a perfect time, timing was perfect, and then, you know, so, and until, from March till now, until October, I'll be like editing and kind of marketing the film. My God, what are you so, going to do because of coronavirus? Like, I mean, in America, a lot of movies are being filmed at old drive-thrus. Like the drive-thru is coming back in the States. Yeah, I'm I sure heard about everywhere that. else in the world. But in Japan, especially Tokyo, there's no such thing as a drive-in. I mean, they do have films in the park sometimes in Shinjuku, but um, what are you planning to do? Well, I don't know exactly. 
I my 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 ultimate goal for this has always been to have it play in theaters, like um, small independent theaters, you know, like on on a big screen, in any way, shape, or form. Not only a premiere, like one night, but for it to play for a weekend, a week, a month in a theater, you know, that that would be a, a huge accomplishment, you know, for me. That's something I really want for the film, um, because the coronavirus theaters are. Some are closed, some are only full to half capacity. So um, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I, I will release it online. It, it's not gonna be the type of situation where no one can see it come October because it's only playing in theaters or something. It, it will be online for, for everyone to watch once it's done, yeah. Um, October 6th is, is the date I'm looking at for, for release, October 6th. October's a good month for scary movies, dude. Oh yeah, Halloween's right there. That's right, that's right. And in Japan, Halloween is becoming bigger and bigger and big. Well, maybe not this year. <laughs> this year, yeah, this year, I don't think so. You know, I, I always go to Shibuya for Halloween. The past three years I've been here, I've always go to Shibuya and I join the costume parade, whatever, the costume mob. Costume <laughs> chaos. <laughs> the costume chaos. Dude, it's nuts. It's fun, dude, I love it, I love it. But um, this year, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't there. I wish I was. I, I wasn't there though. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was crazy, man. That was really crazy. Tokyo—they take Halloween to a new extreme. Flipping cars, getting wasted in the streets. Actually, last year was pretty tame, I guess. But there's still uh, what, what, 1.3 million people in like the Shibuya area all dressed up. I mean, <laughs> the streets were packed. <laughs> No cars, no nothing, just people. Oh, my God. You know, I, I try to stay away from that these days. I, I went to the first couple of them in Shibuya, but now I'm just like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That shit's a little crazy. I'd rather just stay home and watch scary movies. Am I getting old? <laughs> I'm getting no, old, Peters. No. Oh, my God. Maybe this year I'll go. I'll go to Shibuya and I'll be the only one there. No, this <laughs> year they everybody? <laughs> this year they're probably not going to do that because of corona i i doubt by october everyone will be okay with meeting in a big group and like so many people meet there I, i'm sure people still will but it'll be a lot less than 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 there's been in the past couple of years uh, last year was the biggest year apparently every year it gets bigger and um, I, I love it it's, it's very chaotic um it's just a lot of young people drinking and I don't know, trying to take pictures, you know, talk, talk to the cute girls, you know, the Sailor Moon costume and shit, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. It's, uh, it's just fun. You can drink outside with your friends. It, it's fun. It's just a lot of fun. I like it, you know. Yeah. Actually, I went there on Devil's Night. I didn't go there on Halloween, so I was one day off. Yeah. No, I went there on the 27th. It was my birthday. My birthday is October 27th, right? Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, cool. I don't know if it's cool. My Every birthday I've ever had has been a Halloween ask kind of birthday right it's oh, wow. a little kid so you know it's my birthday in a mickey mouse it's my birthday and um you know donald duck or something you know and um so all my birthdays have been like that in san francisco i lived in san francisco for about seven years before i came to tokyo uh -huh. and that was awesome because i lived downtown so i get all my friends together at my apartment we have a, like a pre-game party and then from there, we'd hit the streets, you know, we'd go to the Castro and just like see all the madness there. And that was a lot of fun. But then when I came to Japan for the first time, well, when I moved to Japan in like 2002, like nobody celebrated Halloween. Nobody even knew what Halloween was. If you said the phrase Halloween or the word Halloween, people be like, Halloween, what? What is huh? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, Halloween's only been big in Japan for like five, six years, right? 
Really? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know recently it's, it's been getting more popular. Oh, no, it's incredible now. Now everybody knows Halloween. I mean, like some people in my neighborhood, they actually give out candies to kids walking down the street on Halloween. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, people cool. that have houses, they'll have like a little like, like stand or something where they just get like, because there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood and stuff. So uh -huh. they do that. So it's basically Japan's taking on Halloween in its own form as it did with um, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and all the other Western holidays. But um, when I first sure. came to Japan and stuff, you know, um, my birthday, my first birthday coming around and stuff, I was like, well, let's see, what am I going to do for Halloween for my birthday? Blah, 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 blah. And all my Japanese friends are like, dude, you don't have to do that, man. Nobody knows what Halloween is. I mean, if you have a costume <laughs> party, everybody's going to think you're a freak, you know? And I was just like, oh my God. So for at least maybe eight years of my life, I had a normal birthday, just like everybody else. <laughs> with like no costumes and that was that was amazing dude i had birthday cake you know and i had presents you know we're all getting wasted together and shit and nobody had a mask on <laughs> but, but now no now you know for my birthday now i gotta have a halloween birthday again so you know but the cool thing was i got to enjoy both sides of the coin that's cool yeah maybe it gets tired tiring after a while yeah, yeah, I know. I have a friend, my 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 coworker, my my friend at work. He his son is like one years old, and his son was born October thirty first. His son's birthday is on Halloween. Oh so, my god! Is his name Damien? <laughs> no, no, it's a little Japanese boy. Um, yeah, but I guess he, maybe he's gonna go through the same thing. Every birthday is gonna be a Halloween themed birthday. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe after a while it gets old. <laughs> Eh, you know, it's good. It's got its pros and cons. But I mean, it's not as bad as having your birthday on like Valentine's Day. You know, it's just like, it's my birthday. It's Valentine's Day and I'm all alone. No wife, no girlfriend. I'm 40 years old. You know, I mean, that would be bad. <laughs> That'd be depressing. Bummer, people, yeah, people that have their birthday on Valentine's Day, they, they take a lot of medication. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the best day. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, man. So I got to ask you. Okay, a lot of people listen to this podcast. I have no idea why, but we get thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. And for people that are listening that are thinking about coming to Japan to pursue their dream, what would you recommend? Moving to Japan to pursue your dream? Yeah, because like right now, well, not right now, but I would say before Corona, you know, I sure. just meet people at like international bars or my events and stuff where people would come in and there's like, yeah, I'm here and I, I want to work in fashion or I'm in Japan and I'm a photographer. I'm in Japan and I want to start a restaurant, you know, and I, and I get all these people saying this stuff to me, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that want to come to Japan to pursue mm -hmm. their dreams, which is a great thing. Japan's a wonderful yeah. place to pursue your dreams. If you want to like make your own kind of sake, if you want to bring your own kind of beer to Japan or whatever, if you want to be an actor, an actress, if you want to start like a, a manga or anime club or whatever you want to do and stuff, Japan's got a, it's a great place to do that. So what would you recommend for somebody out there that's listening to this podcast that wants to come to Japan and pursue their dreams? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I say, do it, do it now. Don't wait to do it. Don't wait for the timing to be perfect. You know, don't wait for the perfect moment. Don't wait for, you know, don't wait for anything. Do it, do it now, you know, get what you need together, move or whatever, visit, do whatever you have to do. But Whatever you want, do it now. Don't wait to to make the move or to, to, to take a chance. You know, do it now, and uh, and try. Just like if you're an artist, you know, a creative thing, a creative person, just create. Just the more you make, just put stuff out every week, every day, whatever, every month, whatever your medium is: music, uh, photography, 
a drawing, illustration, whatever, whatever it is, just produce, make it, make, 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 you know, for, for any creative, that's probably the best advice you could ever, you could ever get, you know, just make, just keep putting stuff out. It doesn't matter how good, how bad, if you like it, that's all that counts, you know, put it out there, you know, that's, that's, that's what I would say. Awesome. That's awesome. What about somebody that wants to get into movies? Like not acting, but like directing and uh, script writing and even somebody that just wants to be a grip, that just wants to be on set to feel the <laughs> excitement and energy of the film movie yeah. industry, you know? What would you recommend for somebody that wants to do that? I, I know lots of grips. Grip is nothing wrong with being a grip. That's an excellent line of work. That's a great skill to have. It's, 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 it's a perfectly, it's, it's a good job. It's a good job. Um, no, just do it. You know, find, find someone that does it and ask them questions, a try, just use your brain. Okay, grips. So where do grips hang out? How do I get a grip job? What do I need? What are, the, what are the requirements for a grip? Okay, I need this, I need this, I need a tool belt, I need to know how to tie a knot, uh, I need to know how electric, electricity works and voltage and wattage. I'm getting kind of drunk. You know, like, you know, what are the requirements, what are the requirements of a, of a grip? You know, like that's, that's totally, legit it's totally a, a legit thing you know and in, in any and being a grip isn't necessarily creative it's more of a skill you know if you know plumbing if you know carpentry you can be a, a fantastic grip that's kind of what it is but um like if you're a creative person like a director you want to be a director just just try it just do it you know shoot your own videos edit your own videos um i mean what helped me a lot was um picking something I liked, specializing something. Specializing in something helps a lot. I mean, no one, nobody only knows one thing. Like no one's just, a, even, if, even if you're a musician, you know, a, even if you're a really badass guitar player, you know other things. You might have an interest in history. You might have, you might be a very good cook just by coincidence, but because you like to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, you can you can learn find something you want to specialize in and let that kind of you know push you push you forward once your movie is completely finished what's next um well once i release it it's not done i have to sort of get it into festivals you know i have to get it in front of as many people as possible um i need to have events for it uh showings premieres for it um so that's kind of you know immediately after that ends, but in the future, in Japan, uh, shooting more videos, like I said, just producing, making more. Movies, movies are time consuming. They take a long time to make. You know, this movie is only 30 minutes. It took me personally all, about a year to make it, you know, maybe a little bit longer. And, but it's not, and that's only one thing. It's only one video, one movie, one project. And it's a big project. There's a lot of people involved in moving pieces and stuff. And that's great, but I think you want, quantity i think quantity is, is is important too you want to stay relevant you want new stuff for people to see and making movies is maybe a little bit too too slow a process so the next thing for me is music videos music videos up the ass i'm going to shoot as many music videos <laughs> as i can that's awesome Just what kind of music rap hip-hop hip-hop Rap, hip-hop. Oh, dude, there's a lot of great hip-hop artists in Japan. Uh, Japanese artists and Western artists living in Japan and stuff. So, uh, in, in Tokyo, shall I say. Osaka's got a pretty good scene, too. But, yeah, that's awesome, man. Cool. But you're also going to work with Creepdown, right? 
I am. Yes, I am. Um, we, we have a plan to shoot a video, a, a couple of videos, you know, to, we'll start with the one, but we have plans to uh, make a video together. Yeah. What's the difference between making a movie and making a music video? Because with the music video, is it like the same process, but it's just, of course, much, 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 much smaller. Like you got to get a script, you got to get mm -hmm. actors, actresses. And I mean, I mean, at layman's terms, you're speaking to a layman here. I'm captain no, no. today. <laughs> you, you know a lot, man. You, you know a lot. You, you know uh, many things. Um, but no, you, you know, same process. You start with a script or a story, whatever, an outline or a treatment, just basically sentences, words on paper that explain what the video is about, what happens in the video. You know, you start with that and use that as a guide to figure out what you need, you know, if it takes place in outer space, you know, is there a story in the video? You know, if there's a story in the video, you, you'll, you'll need actors. So that process is the same. If it's like a performance video where the band's playing the guitar or singing or something at like a dope location or something, then you got to find a location and, you know, figure out the lighting for it. And if, if you need a permit or permission, you need to find permission to film there, stuff like that. So a lot of it's the same, just on a smaller scale. Um, but it's a very similar process. Yeah. Okay. All right. Plugs, man. You got to plug it up, dude. How can people find out about you? How can they stay like on your path? Um, do you have like a website, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz, something for the show, a movie? I'm getting, kind of, I'm getting kind of faded too. <laughs> sure. What happens sure. when we do this podcast? We all get drunk, too drunk at the end. <laughs> then you forget everything. Mm. Um, Sometimes too drunk at the beginning. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at videoboy009 on, on Instagram. You can follow the movie at um, Encon Cursed Forever uh, on, on Instagram. But the best way is just to go to the website. Go to our website, evildollmovie.com. It's simple, easy to remember, evildollmovie.com. And you can see... Uh, we can watch the trailer. You can see all the artwork for, for the film. Um, you can see any uh, updates or photos behind the scenes of, of the movie, how it was made. And through that, you can follow, follow me on Instagram. You can see the actors. You can see our crew. Um, just the website is the best resource for you to, uh, to watch the movie, to see the movie. Awesome. And all those links are going to be in the show notes, Faders. So just go to the show notes down there. And you're going to see it. Click on it. Follow this guy, follow his career, see what he's doing. He's only doing pretty much amazing things from here on out. I mean, from the very beginning, you've been doing great stuff, but I mean, this movie is so incredible. I think this is going to be the match that starts the inferno that's going to blow up your career, dude. Seriously, this movie looks awesome. When I saw the extended trailer, I was like, holy shit, I got to make a movie poster for this movie? Oh my God. I watched that trailer, like, I don't even know, maybe 12, 15 times. Oh, thank you. Thank you for those views. Those, that, that view count's getting up there. I like it. <laughs> Do you need some more? <laughs> I'm uh, the hour. <laughs> oh, uh, absolutely. The, the more, the merrier. But um, no, you're a smart guy. You watched the trailer and you pretty much figured out the story. Uh, the, the movie is different. It's a little bit different. Like I said, I'm not Japanese. So the movie kind of has American style, I, I don't know, tastes or... I don't know. I don't, the movie's not done, so I really can't say. It's hard, it's hard to say, but it has sort of an American style, but it is a Japanese movie. All the dialogue, the story, the locations are, are all set in Japan, so it's a little bit different than a normal 
Japanese or even normal American movie. Um, it's sort of a horror, thriller, slightly comedy uh, movie. You know, it's um, it's in the same vein as like an Annabelle or Chucky or Trauma. Do you know Trauma by Lloyd Coffin? Um, it's in the same vein as a trauma movie. It's kind of cheesy. It's kind of cheesy, but it's funny. It's it's um, it'll 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 get your it'll get your heart racing. Oh, dude, did we break up? Did I lose you? It looks like you're still there. Should we go for a commercial break? We're going for a commercial break. <laughs> All right, Peters. Uh, we do have some sponsors. Our sponsor. Oh wait, whoa, oh. are you back? You're back. There you go, you're back. Okay, all right. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna drop our sponsors right here. So we're gonna take a little commercial break. And uh, after our sponsors, we're gonna come back with the news. All right, faders, see you in a second. Peace. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. Hey, yo, what's up, faders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I can probably sell it to you. And I tell you what... If I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepper. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. 
These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each and they're worth so much more. These, are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing, it comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. Proper. And we are back. But sadly, we are back with only me. We lost Joel Smith, faders. We lost him. He was actually recording the episode at a manga kisa, a.k.a. an internet cafe. And for one reason or another, I guess the internet just conked down or the Wi-Fi single wasn't working so well or something. But something happened and um, we just really couldn't get him back on the episode. Uh, We tried several times and it just did not work out, sadly. So right now, here I am. All by myself, just podcasting all by myself again. But that's okay, that's okay. The podcasting gods were on our shoulders blessing us today because we got 99.9% of the episode up and running for you to enjoy. And I got to say that was a fantastic episode. Joel Smith is highly intelligent. He's witty, he's smart, and he is brilliant. This guy's future is so bright that we have to wear shades. And so keep an eye out on his future endeavors and actually keep an eye out for Cursed Forever. This movie is spectacular. I can't wait to watch it at a big cinema. I can't wait. It's it's that good. It's really that good. And um, geez, I, I can't say enough good things about this guy and uh, his projects and stuff. And I'm looking forward to his future projects, uh, his music videos. He's actually recording a music video of one of my friend's bands. And um, from what I understand, that's pretty incredible. They're doing some really interesting things uh, that I can't say. I've been sworn to secrecy. But um, as soon as that stuff is released, we're going to get that on Got Fit of Japan. Hopefully we can get Joel Smith back on the show. I mean, the guy's super busy doing so many things. But um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for him and what he is doing. And on that note, faders, I want to say thank you to you for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for supporting us. And if you would like to support us, we do have a Patreon page. That's right. We've got a Patreon page. And for $5, that's just $5. That's like a latte at Starbucks or a pint at a bar or a pub or whatever. 
That is $5 that you can give to us to keep our lights on, to keep us faded, to keep this show running, keep the wheels on the car, and keep us on the highway of podcasting freedom. That's right. So if you give us $5 a month, we will give you the keys to the castle. We've got so much bonus stuff on our Patreon page. We've got movies, videos, we've got interviews, we've got, oh, we've got bloopers, we got so many terrible bloopers, we got bloopers that are so embarrassing, I mean, Tom and I can never, ever run for Congress, anywhere, in any country, <laughs> was that country in Seattle, was it, uh, Chet, Chaz, whatever, yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't even run there, nope, not at all, we, we've destroyed ourselves because of this Patreon, but Vader's for $5, so you can sign up for Patreon, support us, and get all those goodies, we even got photos that are too hot for Instagram, <laughs> too hot for Instagram, oh, I cracked myself up, I cracked myself up, <laughs> Anyway, faders, you know what to do with Patreon. We got Patreon. We've got Facebook. We got Instagram. Uh, yeah, if you really want to help us out and money's tight, go down to uh, iTunes. Go down to iTunes and give us a five-star review and write something groovy. Um, for you, it takes a couple of seconds, but it means the world to us. And on that note, I got to get out of here. I've, I've drank all my beers, and I got to go to the store. Got to go call up Tommy, see what he's up to. I got to hang out with him and his kid. I'm sure one of them's drunk. Not sure which one. <laughs> love that kid all right faders um i want to say once again thank you joel smith for being on the show faders support him and uh, keep an eye out for his career it's gonna be great and uh see you next week peace my own brother a goddamn shit something bad for her oh you wait till mom finds out buddy i've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a gangster Out of pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.